listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 208, Glenn Hughes Unplugged. And coming to you from Tornado Alley here outside of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Booger Matola. (laughs) Are you picking your nose or is it Booger from Revenge of the Nerds or what, yep. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. We've just been talking about it the whole episode. So a few episodes ago, um, I let out a, oh. <laughs> a, a, I get it. a, a bone rattling, <laughs> teeth shattering, earthquaking belch that is only <laughs> that is only rivaled by Booger's belch in the belching contest in revenge of the nerds yeah, yeah. 1984 uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah that's the that's the only thing i could think of after that <laughs> yeah so to those of you that were treated to the other several hundred people actually got to hear the belching version of the episode that before it was oh. scrubbed from history um yeah so john was you know using his cough switch because I guess, I don't know, you'd had a big meal of <laughs> spicy peppers and, and carbonated drinks carbonated and beverages. beverages. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and apparently the switch was not functional that night. But the, but the, the, the switch was functional in our, in our Zoom, which is where I get yeah. the audio from. And John records his own audio on his end and sends it to me. So I wasn't hearing anything. And I'm just talking about like serious stuff and John's belching in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but well, what it was actually almost the foreground, and um, you sent me your audio, and I replaced it with the audio I had, and unbeknownst to me, that the what you had recorded had recorded all of that. So, um, hopefully, so that's been the, resolved for today's episode. The the funny thing about it, which I think we've had this issue in the past, when there have been a couple of times when um, listeners usually usually it's either Rich or Scott will tell us that. Um, because they're such loyal listeners and they will text us and be like, uh, there was some weird noise going on there. But the funniest part of it is, is like you having zero reaction <laughs> to the crazy noises going on in the background, but just because you didn't hear them. So right. when Rich sent us the clip of that, I was laughing so hard. I was crying because <laughs> not only was <laughs> you were just talking about, and this was Mark one's, uh, First performance, and it was just had this big <laughs> echo on it and everything. And you just kept going like nothing happened. That's because I'm and a consummate like, professional. I was just like, the show must go on. I'm not going to let that rattle me. Oh, but I must have listened to it like half a dozen times. And it just, it got like, it didn't get less funnier just because I think your, your non-reaction had a lot to do with it. Because yeah, I just keep going just on. Like, oh yeah, Mark one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Like, and there's not, and there's nothing funny about Mark one. So, no, no. It's not, but, no, um, at all. but yeah, that's, um, that's what goes on behind the scenes, folks. Uh, if you were the 
if you're the ones to catch that limited edition episode, uh, don't go back and try and hear it. Patrons but, um, only. If, if you're in the patrons only Discord, there are some clips <laughs> there for you to enjoy. Yeah, I'm but, sure. I think uh, yeah, Rich provided a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer in our podcast feed. It's been replaced with a scrubbed version. I, I couldn't. I, I I couldn't in good conscience leave that, even though some people like you wanted me to. <laughs> No, I didn't want you to leave a rich one. Oh, that's where maybe Rich wanted to be. <laughs> I was just like, get rid of it. I don't want that to be the episode where they're just like, listen to Matola, that fucking pig. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I think most people will say that anyway. But they might. They still. might. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. So um, we are getting some nasty weather here today. They're, they're, they're predicting for the... Central and southern United States, they said severe weather that will affect 90 million people. And I am one of those people. Um, So they're saying we might have some tornadoes rolling through later. So uh, we might be joined by (laughs) four more people and a dog if uh, the tornado sirens go off. Or you might be treated to the sound of my emergency alert going off on my phone. We'll see. Although it looks like the bad weather is really slated to start right after we're done recording. So that's convenient. We were supposed to record earlier. My mm-hmm. son had strep throat, so I had to take him to the hospital this morning, got him on his antibiotics. So it was a bit of a rough night with pre-tornado thunderstorms, and the dog is a little uneasy because I think she can sense the whatever atmospheric disturbances. So going on a little bit less sleep than even normal, but hey. Either that or you have a spirit or a specter in your house because They're- they can also... Can't they also sense the dead? A specter. Listen <laughs> to you. You're like a Ray. Ray. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking about Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. What was Ray's? A spook uh, or a specter. Spook or a specter. Are you troubled by spooks or specters? What was Ray's last um, name? I, Why can't I think of Ray's last Ray name? Ray Stance. Stance. There we go. I like how casual you are about it, probably from living out there so long. You're like, a tornado might just be like rolling through. I'd just be like, holy shit. Well, <laughs> get, it's, it's, get underground. They're as casual here about it as, you know, we were about hurricanes back there. You're like, a hurricane's coming, ah, whatever, you know, like. It's um, like, great. I can't wait to have no power. The good thing is with a tornado, well, I should say, the bad, the good thing about a hurricane is you get, you know, usually like a week to prepare and you know what it's coming and everything. With a tornado, you sometimes get like, Five minutes, ten minutes, no minutes if it starts right on you. <laughs> so Jeez. it's uh yeah, but whatever. We're pretty safe here in the basement, and uh, uh, we did have a pretty bad last couple summers ago. A really bad tornado come through right through the city that I'm in, and uh, tore the roof off of my sister. Well, part of the roof off my sister and brother in law's house, and um, it's uh yeah can get pretty nasty out here. But usually we're pretty safe where I am. That was the first one that's the first serious tornado that's really touched on in my city in uh, quite a number of years. So hopefully it, we will not uh, reprise that today. But hey, folks, uh, the Deep Purple podcast is 100% listener supported and ad free. So if you receive value from our show and, you know, you want to consider supporting us, you can do so a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can buy some uh, merch at our Etsy store. You can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. That gains you access to our ratings spreadsheet as well as our exclusive patrons-only Discord chat channel where we uh, keep in touch throughout the week and talk about the latest episodes and share videos of John Belching and all that sort of stuff. Um, You can donate on Cash App. You does a dollar sign dppod to donate on cash app and you can also support us on ko-fi um so 
appreciate it. If you, uh, if you, like I said, if you get any value from us, give us a little value back. It all goes right back into the show, supporting the show and uh, helping us, you know, again, we've been talking about the rainy day computer fund for a while. My computer now is a, is almost at the 10 year mark. I built it about 10 years ago. So uh, I'm going to have to upgrade pretty soon. And uh, that will definitely help us towards that goal. Uh, speaking Buy me some Tums. Buy John some Tums. <laughs> some Gas-X. <laughs> Gas-X. Uh, yeah, I wonder for how we can uh, how we can account for that. Like, uh, the Deep Purple podcast does not pay for our medical yet. <laughs> our medical insurance. <laughs> we're, 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 we're four or five thousand patrons short of, uh, of, of that, but any day now. Mm. Um, but uh, thanks to our executive level patrons coming in at the $25 Uncommon Man tier, Ovis, Nakfi, and Purple Maniac. At the 15 pound, 15 squid tier, Alan ain't too proud to beg. At the 10 pound, good doctor tier, Dr. Jill Brees and Dr. Mike Catan. At the turn it up to $11 tier, Clay Wambacher, Frank Tealgard Martinson, Mickelstein, and Will Porter. Always want to say Alan ain't too proud to beg after that. I one, saw he? you. I saw you go like <laughs> every time. It's, it's, <laughs> and I was waiting for it too. It's muscle memory. Like, he was there for yeah. so long. Um, and at the 10 dollar someone came to here ryan m jeff bryce victor Campos, and better call saul evans thank you so so much um uh just a little update actually um uh, i had posted something on uh uh social media the other day about mick underwood and mick underwood's niece actually contacted uh or responded and said you know just just to let you know i'm mick underwood's uh, niece he's very sick he's he's suffering from alzheimer's right now um so really sad to hear that and sending a lot of love to mick and his family um i have you know, had a couple of family members go through that and it's very uh very very difficult and uh very sad to watch that happen um so sending all our best to mick and his family um, but, um, in good news, we do have something that we have not had in a while. Oh, I almost forgot about that. Oh my goodness. That is the, um, I, they did not specify a percussion instrument. Um, so I, I'm going to give a preview for everybody. If you want to write an Apple podcasts, a review, we've got that, which the flexitone. Then we also have the vibra slap and the latest on the scene um if i can remember how to play this not that i was <laughs> any great shakes at it <laughs> oh right in the teeth <laughs> oh, heard that. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh the jews harp um and i do have a a mystery another mystery uh percussion instrument behind me that i will i will bring out if we get another one but this is a uh, an apple podcast <laughs> review for some reason somewhere some number of episodes ago, we started playing the flexitone and we've branched out to other percussion slash weird instruments um, if we get a, uh, a review. So is it a big glass jug? <laughs> oh, that's that'd be a good one. I don't really have it. But you know what? I do have a glass jug. Maybe I could uh, I could bust that out. Oh, you know, it'd be great. It would be a theremin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we could have one. We could buy one before Halloween. Funny what uh, uh, it came up in my time hop the other day when we went to Asheville, North Carolina, uh, four years ago, something like that. Um, for spring break, uh, we toured the Moog factory. It was one of the coolest things ever. I just saw the synthesizers, saw the room where they build them and they repair them and all the stuff. And they had a theremin there, the Moog version of the theremin. And it was really cool playing with it. But they I do not own one yet. 
a Theramook. <laughs> it was one of the things that was maybe the more affordable things there, uh, but still hmm. not exactly. If anyone wants to buy me a Moog synthesizer, I'll have it right here to my side and I'll bust out a little Moog riff for you. One day. One day. Um, so anyway, um, we did get an Apple podcast review. That's what the sound of those percussion instruments mean. This nice. one is from Exile66 in the UK. Five stars. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm, um, I'm a little hoarse today. Um, uh, the title of this is Excellent, Well-Researched, Informative, and Done with Humor. Uh, this is excellent. Loads of albums that in the past meant so much to me have been brought back to life over two-hour chunks, and respect is given to the pre-1984 Whitesnake, which are the best episodes for me. So thank you, Exile66. Yeah, love to Whitesnake. Love yes. to classic Whitesnake. I appreciate you... Um, uh, supporting the show and with that review and uh, your kind words. So really appreciate it. And if you want to write a five-star review, please do and let us know what percussion instrument or instruments you would like uh, rung in your honor or played poorly by me in your <laughs> honor. Although I'm getting pretty good at the flexitone, I think. The vibra slap is pretty, pretty big. Mm. I think I've got the basics of that. The juice harp, I need a lot of work. I need to, to oh, watch. Yeah. I did watch a YouTube, one YouTube video, but I think I need more. And we want to make sure you don't crack your teeth on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to end the episode early to go get emergency dental surgery. It actually sounds a lot. It doesn't actually hurt, but it's, it sounds like it hurts. It sounds a lot worse than it is. Um, but hey, before we get to the show proper, uh, we do have oh, one more segment we need to do, and that is... Postcards from the edge of Connecticut. And oh my goodness, so many of them recently. So we had a, a two, I think, two series in a row of three part postcards per episode. And this latest one um, is actually dated before those. So this was supposed to come first. And this is a picture of uh, Joe Stump playing the guitar. And yeah. it says, Nate. Now here is some Joe Stump for you with James Taylor on keys, Pete. So I don't know if there's a story. Do you have a story about James Taylor on keys? I think just the keyboard player looks like James Taylor. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> hard, hard to say from this picture. Yeah, that's. I think that was the joke of the the night. So if, and if you don't know, this is when Pete and John and uh, Rich and Mark all went to go see the Stormbringer Deep Purple cover band uh, mm. a few weeks back. So that's that's a late arrival for some reason. But since it arrived so late, it came it came right along with another postcard that the most recent postcard. And this one is a um, it says colorful Connecticut. It's like a little artist's palette with mm -hmm. a brush through it and like some little different scenes of Connecticut and uh, but if you notice it, if you look at it closely, you'll see a, a thumb <laughs> holding. Oh, yeah. So it's, it might be hard to tell on your end, but this to me, I'm like, what is this? It looks like a photo of somebody holding a postcard. Right. And so when I turn it over, it's uh, it says, Nate, now here are greetings from th here are greetings from three from Connecticut for you. Pete, Mark and John. So you saw this already. So you, did you sign this or did you? Yes. You were here. Um, yeah. And in in red and in, in, in again, you see that well, I got to cover up my vital information here. But um, well, he now he is he's taken to printing labels for my name because hey, he's sending me so many postcards. So he's printing <laughs> out like Avery labels and he, he's got umlauts over the vowels and stuff from my name. Uh, but you can see again, you see the thumb holding the 
a picture yeah. of this postcard. And oh, then weird. in red ink over that, it says, OMG, forgot to address. Good thing I took a photo. Forgot my beer, lost my pen. So there you go. That makes some sense of the text messages that were going back. So I guess what he did is he made this postcard, took a pictures of it, Oh, and then okay. put it in the mail and realized that he never put a, po- a stamp on it. So he printed up a new card with the pictures and sent it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that was a um, that was the day that I was um, I was in um, Pete and Mark's um, area for uh, work. And um, oh, I let them, that's what it was. And, okay. I, and I let them know, hey, I'm going to be down there for like a few hours if you want to meet up. And we were able to like meet up for literally five minutes. And the first thing that, that Gardo does is he just, he, hey, John. And then he hands me a postcard, turns around and is like, sign it. And he's just like on my back. You know, he gave me that in the pen. I signed it. <laughs> it's like, of course. So of that's course what, we're going to do a postcard And then he lost first. his pen. And then he, he, I was part of this text, but he, he bought yeah. some beer and then left it at the store. <laughs> forgot the what a mess and then um, he goes john go go pick it up and i'm like i'm pretty sure that if i'm like hey did somebody leave like a 12 pack or something here's like yeah that's mine give me it you know who knows yeah well i think they would have like uh, i was gone by that time uh anyways but um but yeah he had me sign the postcard which i was like oh this is great i get to be part of something so it says on the back it says uh uh key trends he trans to Lee sustene. He who he who transplanted still sustains. State Capitol. It sends in some Connecticut facts, and then I guess pictures of what we're seeing here. State Capitol, Harford, Harkness Tower, Yale University, New Haven, flowering pink and white dogwood. Um, uh, Wilbur Cross Parkways are popular arteries. Sailing, water sports, and swimming are a few of the many activities enjoyed here. State flower, the mountain laurel. State bird, the robin. So there you mm. go. And the latest in, right. a, in a series of postcards. This is going to be the postcard podcast pretty soon. Right. Um, but thank you, Peter, for s- sending me. <laughs> like, what, what, a, what a stroke of good luck that he had taken pictures of the postcard. And it didn't get, it didn't get lost. Oh, sorry. My, my yodeling pickle was vibrating on the table here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to check out other like-minded podcasts about uh, deep dives on bands, then check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. We can find all of our great shows. Um, and that's it. So today's episode might be a shorter one. We've said that before. Usually doesn't come true, but I think this time will be will be accurate. But um, I got sucked into like a YouTube rabbit hole a while back, actually. So I kind of marked this down as a potential episode, which was uh, seeing Glenn Hughes perform acoustic versions of some of his better known songs. So uh, I was like, huh. And I had seen a couple of them uh, and, and I didn't think much of it. But then I said, let me see how many others there are. And just there's just a ton of them on YouTube. So I thought it'd be interesting to take a small handful of them uh, spanning his many different bands and careers and eras and stuff and listen to him do acoustic versions of some of his songs. Um, so that's what we got this this uh, week. And uh, John, have you seen any acoustic Glenn Hughes stuff? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that I've seen something, but when you said Glenn Hughes Unplugged, I thought there was an album that I had missed. Um, and then you were like, no, this is just called from many different performances. So, um, no, I mean, uh, I, 
like I said, I might have heard something over the years, but uh, nothing really rings a bell or stands out. So might be might be my first time hearing it. Awesome. Well, um, it's uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff out there, var- varying levels of video and audio quality, but uh, some interesting stuff. There are a few shows he's done completely um Unplugged that I would uh, some one that I have and one that I would really like to get my hands on uh, that we could review in in full one day. But I thought this would be a good entry point into listening to him in kind of a different format because you're used to hearing him mostly singing and playing electric bass, sometimes just singing very rarely. Uh, But this is mostly him singing and playing an electric guitar. I'm sorry, singing and playing an acoustic guitar or in a couple of instances, singing and playing an acoustic bass. So thought that would be an interesting thing to uh, to check out. So um, so the first track I have up is from his first uh, real first band. And that is, of course, uh, Trapeze. And this is um, I don't know if you're uh, getting the audio in this. Um, yeah, you are. Um, so, and this is um, him singing Black Cloud by Trapeze. So, here we go. Might have to adjust um, volume on some of these, but he's giving somebody a hug on stage there. Uh, this was during his short hair phase. Short hair, Husey. He's at the Rhino Pub. Looks like a big loop. So here we go. How do you feel? And pretty nice uh, little little run he did on the acoustic there. Most of these I have not. Most of these I haven't seen all the way through, so I'm kind of going to be seeing these for the first time. Where's the Rhino Pub, I wonder? Beer, football, rock and roll. Looks like it's in the UK. Based on the... to get up there with just an acoustic and you gotta have a pretty strong voice to support that but obviously it's glenn hughes oh so. yeah <laughs> I, I i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have thought that this would have gone badly for him <laughs> no. oh glenn <laughs> it's like yeah i don't know i don't know if he's got the chops for this <laughs> sounds pretty good like when we eventually get to like Starkers in Tokyo with Coverdale doing the same thing with Adrian Vandenberg. It's like hmm. another situation where like, yep, he's he's got it. It's a weird acoustic he has, and I noticed he has it in another one of the videos. I don't know if it's the one we're going to get to today, but. Looking through the 
Maybe we borrowed it from Richie. <laughs> it does. It does have that kind of like. It looks like a guitar Richie would be using. Yeah. But it, it would have some like weird, you not know, like 13 strings or something. You know, it would be like, oh, that's not a guitar. That's a uh, a medieval uh, a medieval travel lute. <laughs> Looks like the Rhino Pub is in the UK. Yeah. 10 King Street, Dover. If it's the thing I'm thinking of. See how far I don't know that me. I've ever seen him play guitar before. It's right, uh, right on the water, right by the channel. talk about the channel anymore do they what's that you know the channel that goes underneath the UK to France underneath the uh, water oh can <laughs> somebody just get a tip <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh it's great it's not like the greatest it's like kind of like a shot from the audience sort of thing some of these are yeah. and some of these are more professionally done but um pretty uh pretty great seeing him just uh, do acoustic versions and that's like a song that you wouldn't really think would lend itself well to be an acoustic version yeah but i mean he he kind of he kind of proved uh proved that untrue i i think it was um he did it pretty well like i mean i i don't think it's a stretch saying that since he's a accomplished vocalist and bass player that he'd be a good guitar player as well, or at least rhythm guitar player. But um, yeah, he sounded pretty good on this. Um, um, I don't have a problem with like, he didn't go too crazy, but it's just like, you can tell that he kind of threw in his more modern approach to, um, or his later approach to vocals in there, because in the early, um, in, in the early trapeze stuff or all the trapeze stuff, he was a lot more, um, raw. He didn't do a lot more of that um, kind of um, those those runs, that soulful, you know, high voice type of stuff. And he threw a couple of those things. In. <laughs> like all that yeah, sort which of stuff. I mean is like is is him now, and it wasn't him then. And I mean, I get him doing that because that's his style now. But it's I kind of wish that he would have uh, if he was going to strip it down. I kind of wish that he would have maybe left that stuff out, just because it's like it can get a little much sometimes yeah i don't think there's any chance of that happening ever <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that being said it was still a, a great version of it but i mean i would i would go back to the studio version any day of the week oh yeah yeah it's, it's, but i mean that what a treat that must have been to see that oh yeah and there's this one um i think we'll get we might get to it today let's see 
maybe not. Maybe it's not on this one. Maybe it'll be in a future one. But there's this one he did called An Evening with Glenn Hughes. Um, and there's a lot of videos, if, if you really want to hear some really good stuff, have him at Leicester Square uh, Theater in London doing this solo acoustic show and doing like excerpts from his life story. And it's kind of like a storyteller's, I guess, sort of thing. Although that wouldn't, mm-hmm. that even storytellers would have been old at that point because this was like 2011. Um, but uh, man, I would have killed to be at that show. That I mean, that would just be so awesome. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best shows I ever saw was uh, Billy Joel doing something like that. Um, it was at PPAC. Mm-hmm. This must have been the late 90s or something. And I got, I don't even know how I ended up going. I think Scott had an extra ticket or something, our, our buddy Scott, and uh, said, hey, you want to go see Billy Joel? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I've never been like, <laughs> you know, which I had. Is, which is the correct response to you want to go see Billy Joel? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a big Billy Joel. Like, he's got some stuff I really do like. Like, I really do like his first album, Cold Spring Harbor. Like, um, but it's it's never really been really my thing. Like, is more, you know, mm-hmm. like. And one of Jen's least favorite songs ever is the scenes from Italian restaurant. Like mm-hmm. she like she audibly groan if that song is even mentioned. Never mind if she has to listen to it. A bottle of red, you know, like. Ugh. But anyway, I was like, sure, I'll go. And it ended up being like it wasn't a Billy Joel concert. It was just Billy Joel and a piano and him telling stories about like how he wrote songs, both like lyrically what was going on in his life um how he created like how he did the he's an amazing piano player how he came up with the different parts talking about him self-touring with elton john and how they would do these piano duels and it it was fascinating and it was like wow man if i could see something like this with someone i really really liked imagine how good it could be so yeah i wish i had kind of seen that but anyway i did not um so that's the uh that's the first one but i do have um one more trapeze song um and this one should be a a favorite of yours because uh, this one is coast to coast hi everybody i'm glenn hughes and this is for all the beautiful people of japan and for all of us in los angeles this evening we love you very much god bless you all the audio might be a little out of sync. Gonna Just a little bit. The road I know so well. And this was from the era of when he did the album Resonate. I think it was like 2016. Sounds great. Yeah, it was a really nice. Now, this is one that you obviously will lends itself to an acoustic guitar. Yes, more so than Black Cloud. I've been leaving my hard times. 
and his voice is in the last one he had a like a lot of delay on his voice and this one's just a little more clean I always think it's really interesting seeing an artist play like a guitar or play an instrument that they don't normally play and just kind of showing how versatile he really is. Getting a good workout with all those rings on that hand. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a lot of rings. Yeah. From So I have a link in the show notes to all of these videos if you want to check them out for yourself. version of that song yeah that was um it's a little bit uh a little bit much at the end with the uh see you in heaven and i love you you just did it like three or four times and it's like all right just end it jesus (laughs) but but i mean glenn is uh he's not known for uh holding back so (laughs) or or being uh being thrifty with his his vocal runs or whatever else. So, but that's great. I just, I love the, the I love the chord changes in that song. Yeah. It's a beautiful I always song. Have, one of my favorite ballads of all time. Yeah. Really, really nice, really nice job on that one. Um, yeah. That was, that's one I would love to, to see him do live. Um, but I don't think he, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know that he, that I'm going to get a chance to see him do it based on what he's doing lately, but We'll see. You never know. Well, if there's ever a Glenn Hughes storytellers tour oh, going on, I'm, we'll uh, we're going. I'm there. I mean, the Deep Purple one alone will be will be great if he hits the United States. But storytellers, I'm there. Um, I would even just like if anyone's got a video because there's some really nice videos from that Leicester show, and apparently I think he had done like four or five of them. Um, but I haven't found like a complete or like a DVD of it or anything like that. So if there's one out there and you guys know about it, let us know. Cause I would mm-hmm. love to see the full concert. There is one he does, uh, down under like a, a Australia show that that's really good too. So I'd like to check that one out. I, I do have that DVD actually, I've, but I have actually never seen it kind of waiting to 
maybe experience it on the show one time, but um all right so that's it for trapeze for for this episode anyway um which next brings us to his uh deep purple days and this one is called sail away mm. This is another like audience audience recording here. But. Uh, that's a song called I Found a Woman. And the woman in general, I, I, I left Deep Purple in 1976 and the band sort of broke up, as you know, if you remember that period. And I was very sad and I lost my girlfriend and I, I had uh, I've been, I've been, someone gave me a piano, a very famous uh, pianist. And, and I fell in love with the piano. It's the last song I wrote from the album, I Play Me Out. So the song is called I Found a Woman to Play Me Out, but the song is about my piano because it was the only thing that was making me at all feel comfortable in my own skin. That's the story about that one. And, um, but really it's great to see everybody. And, uh, so we're getting the tail end of the uh, storytellers thing there. <clears throat> I found a woman and she's a piano. I have a, a new guitar from Gibson, my company. And they've sent me one like this thing, like the Cowboys in the 50s, but it has a tendency to do that. So, <laughs> so I'm getting a bruise somewhere. I'm like, shouldn't have say, did, I, did he say I got a new guitar from Gibson, my company? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he owned Gibson. <laughs> Maybe he means the, the one that endorses him. I guess so. got a different feel to it yeah doing the coverdale part here <laughs> he did like a muppet face you're <laughs> <He was> like <laughs> and now he's doing his glenn hughes impression <laughs> He nailed the Coverdale part. He did. such a great song yeah I love this song very know. complicated to attempt on an acoustic but he's nailing it <laughs> the crowd's going nuts Does he have somebody playing the bass behind him? Sounds like there's some low end there. I think he's just dr droning on that open E. Oh, 
he trades off the parts because you feel like he's doing a Coverdale impression, I and know. then he just goes into his Hughes voice. And that's like he's doing a Hughes impression. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those are the parts that I thought were the most, uh, I think, the challenging to buy on his um, classic Deep Purple tour was when he was handling both his and Coverdale's vocals because they're so different Yeah. as vocalists, even though they complement each other so well. Him doing some of Coverdale's parts was like, felt like a stretch just because of his, the nature of his vocals, his voice. It does sound like there's keys behind him. Maybe there's somebody on electric piano or something. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. This was 2009 in Sweden. Mm. Nice. Um, Vastaras, Sweden. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sure I'm not. It's crackling on the audio, unfortunately, but. electric piano in the background is just awesome. got like a uh, kind of like a cowboy sort of feel to it when he's just hearing this riff on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> oh, going into a little funk breakdown at the end. A funky cowboy. <laughs> the Glenn Hughes, the funky cowboy. A damn funky cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> he held back pretty good on that song, but he couldn't help it at the end. Nope. <laughs> yep, he's always going to throw in the funk. Yep. So there you go. There's another one. Now, that was not a song that I thought would lend itself to an acoustic version, but it actually did quite nicely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it worked really, really well. Um, and, you know, he's not, it's kind of, for me, the, the, the perfect uh, way to, to, to kind of rearrange or re, not to rearrange, but redo a song is it, it kind of hits all the major notes from the original that I really like, um, but simplifies it. 
Um, you're getting the best of the vocals for both. You're getting like, you're still getting the riff, which is, it's not easy to make a riff on an acoustic guitar work, but he really mm. makes it work on this one. Um, it's cool. And just having that little electric piano, which I don't, I don't think it was there at the beginning, but it came in at least towards the the middle and, and kind of joined, joined him in. And it, it was just enough, just enough backing for that, uh, for what he was doing. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I dug it. I dug it. Um, so we've got one more before we get to our, uh, our patron break here. And, uh, you know, if there was a version of this song around that I would find it. And of course, uh, that is this time around. Are you having fun? <laughs> this is from that Australia. He's gig. a song from uh, an album I did with uh, Mark 3D Purple. Uh, a song written with my old dear friend, John Lord. And uh, I hope you like this Lachlan and Glenn rendition of this time around. Oh, is that Lockie Dolly on keys? Oh, it is. Yeah, I definitely have to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh. The world around us hangs in doubt. You face a crime. Uh, so far keeping it a little more on the rails than at the John Lord tribute concert it's a small guitar he's holding looks like a ukulele the guy to the left of him looks like Chips Enough <laughs> maybe it is oh yeah with that hat <laughs> looks like Rod Stewart stole Chips Enough's hat great if you went to an acoustic version of Ode to G after this. That would be ballsy. looks in the that audience. like really intense. He's like, this is fucking great. <laughs> That's how I would be if I was there. I'd be like, huh? <laughs> 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 
Thanks. He saved. Uh, he saved the the, the 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 frills for the very end again there, but. No, that's good. I think that he's uh, he's showing as as much restraint as Hughesy can show uh, for some of these songs. A um, couple of things I didn't get was why he was holding the acoustic when he wasn't playing it. No, well, I think you probably just you know in you know in between songs, just, just they did yeah. on this. They Could've did put it down twenty. <laughs> you think he should have had a stand? <laughs> well, maybe they were going right into the next song. I don't know. Well, he could have he could have put it down. It's um, like uh, and I, George Michael, you know, just kind of holding it, shaking his butt. Just not as much well, butt shaking. <laughs> also, what year was that? 2006, I believe. Yeah, see, we haven't um, we haven't gotten to the the other thing. I like had nothing to do with the music, but it's just like he had he was wearing an ill fitting suit. Unlike the, the early 2000s where like just wearing like a really oversized suit was like in fashion it's like it looked like he came out of the closet wearing his dad's suit it's like hey, you know the arms are all too long and everything. <laughs> his dad's suit it's, it's like david byrne <laughs> <laughs> it's a, i mean i'm just like a fan of like more uh uh fitted formal attire anyways i just think it's um it it, it just it looks nicer and i yeah. know that the fashion back then was just like shit was just too big well the the so. cover of his christmas album you know he's he's wearing that big big suit this is not my beautiful apartment <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to that stupid album and i ask myself this is not my gold record of stormbringer <laughs> this is not my vase of sunflowers <laughs> <laughs> this is my dentist office your dentist has a gold record of stormbringer on the wall so yeah that's why i go to him <laughs> uh, my, if my dentist had a gold record of Stormbringer, I'd be all all about it. Instead, he wants to talk to me about uh, local high school sports from the 70s. Oh, yeah, we were playing Joliet, and uh, yeah, yeah, they had a really good quarterback. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he talks about them like I know who they are, too. Oh, yeah, big guy, uh, Jimmy Henderson. Yeah, you know, you know him. He was a big, big, big guy. Like, oh, yeah. I was like, A, I wasn't alive and b i did not live here so i do not know about early to mid 70s uh <laughs> football from this area well you know high school but not even like professional football where maybe if i was a sports fan i would know the history like i do not yeah. know about local high school football but but um uh, but back to the back to the song though i think that that worked uh, well as an unplugged because you just had the the piano and the vocals and the piano unaffected, not the John Lord mm -hmm. with all the effects um, like on the album. Um, although I think it would have been interesting to hear a guitar on that acoustic yeah, guitar. I was thinking the with, same thing with or instead of the piano. I thought mm -hmm. I think that would have been creative. Yeah, but I think it's a great version of the song, and and mm -hmm. I didn't even realize yeah. until we just watched it. But that I know he played with Lockie Doley, but he is by far my favorite keyboardist at the moment like he's so amazing and i know we've talked about him on the show before but um, i would kill to see hughes with him um uh live he's australian he tours all around he's um a young guy he's another one that's you know maybe a few years younger than us mm. amazing chops plays this really cool organ with got that's basically got this big whammy bar on it and he does like if you look up his videos on YouTube you'll just be blown away you can find him doing all sorts of songs there's one where he does uh he does uh voodoo child with the uh 
and he's doing the uh, the whammy bar with the organ and it's i mean he's just absolutely incredible i just love his style and his his feel is just amazing so i would love to see him regardless of whether or not he was playing with hughes but there's lots of stuff of him doing good uh you know playing burn with glenn hughes and stuff like that so definitely if you're uh i mean you didn't get much of a sense for what he did on this but um if you're into uh looking for a really great keyboard player uh definitely check him out he does a lot of hammond organ stuff he's just he's phenomenal can't say enough good words about him that makes me think of um there was a um it was uh recently the the anniversary of um randy Rhodes passing and and Mm. and, you know how we were sending those or you know you i think you and nick were sending those uh videos back and forth um i i don't know who it was but wasn't it like derek sherinian yeah Right, right. Yeah, he's he's another one where he's like doing the keyboard part with a uh, of one of Randy's solos that sounded like it was a guitar. And it's just it still amazes me what you can do on a keyboard or yeah. synthesizer um, just with not only like sounds, but like playing to make it match the. Uh, the original instrument, I think he was doing this. The Well, there was one where he was doing the. um the solo from flying high again and using mm-hmm. the pitch. And that's hard, man. To use, I mean, not only to nail all the notes, but to use the pitch wheel to get those bends in Yeah, really, really well done. And then he did another one, which was the guitar solo from tribute the just the solo he did during the concert, you know, you know, like he was doing all of those little, those little, um, flourishes that if you've heard that album a million times, that is so familiar to you. And it's, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty incredible. Another, another good one to follow, but anyway, before we, uh, carry on, there's one thing we'd like to do. And that is of course, to thank our core level patrons coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier. We have Michael Vader at the $6.99 New Nice Price tier. We have Fielding Fowler at the episode $6.66 tier. Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, and Anton Glaving at the $6.65 Almost Evil tier. Kenny Wymore at the $5.99 Nice Price tier. Robert Smith. Peter from Illinois, Michael Bagford, and Carl Helberg. At the 60 Kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Zwapper the Electric Alchemist and Newt Morton Johansson. And at the $5 Moneylender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Oleksi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Will Porter, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zerns, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Richard Fusey. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right, so we've done a couple of Deep Purple songs, but there's one more one more uh, heavy hitter in the Deep Purple uh, list for us to, uh, to to tackle, and that is, you probably guessed it, if I can find it in this giant list of songs that I have, and it is You Keep On Moving. This is from 1994. Yeah. I think this is from Japanese TV. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is from the UK. The B-Rock online radio. If you're tired of Unless that's just who posted it on YouTube. 
Look at that pirate shirt he's wearing. <laughs> Arr. So here he's playing an acoustic bass. Not an upright bass. Okay. <laughs> if you're looking for the light, look no further. Oh boy. Looks like he's using the same mic we are. Something about an acoustic bass like that, like an acoustic guitar, I've never liked. No? I don't know, it just, just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't seem right. Everybody on like the unplugged era had those. <laughs> I like that. Sounds great. Yeah. Watch out. Every day. So he was, I mean, he was still not clean at this point. He still wasn't sober. No. But it, it doesn't matter. So I think it was 97 that he officially, uh, like he had kind of had ons and offs through the 90s where he was, mm. you know, it's a hard road. But it's like 70s, 80s, 90s, clean, sober, not. The voice is never, never seems to be affected. Well, that's that's my whole thing about this is like if we were just doing audio, I believe I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between eras. No, you, yeah, you, you wouldn't know if you recorded it last week or 50 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly. Well, I mean, except for the fact that in like the more recent videos that he's not wearing a pair of sunglasses, like I can't tell that this is an older video. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever captured him without sunglasses in the last 20 years. I mean, that goes for like most other rock stars. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how they do that. It's like all the time, even inside. I know. Like, yeah. How do you? How do? You, how do? You, how do you see anything? Even when we, when we hung out with Roger at the casino, he was wearing them. Like at night in the casino, it was all dark, and he had the sunglasses on. It's just. I mean, I guess when you're that cool, you just have to. <laughs> it's like it's second nature to you. I'm not cool enough to do that. I can barely see with my regular glasses on. I'd be, I'd be tripping over shit. <laughs> I am already tripping over shit. I'd be like, how you doing? Oi! <laughs> <laughs> I like the little guitar flourishes they're doing in the background. That works pretty well. Yeah. Ooh, a little growly there. Yes, a turn in. Stay 
Is he wearing big red boots? information on who the guitar players are with him, but they're really good. Cut there. I think that was part of a, a larger show that had several um, several different uh, songs that they performed at that performance. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't find who exactly the guitarists are on that. Um, but really cool stuff. All right. So that I think yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I love the fact that he embraces all eras. Yeah, of his music. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff to uh, really cool, a lot of really cool stuff in his past to play, and um, we're still in the '70s here, but we got a few more. This next one is uh, from one of my favorite albums, and it is from "Play Me Out." And find it here, and here it is. I should have queued this up in advance. Uh, It is I Found a Woman from Play Me Out. Um, We're going to do... This is from the same Australia show. That I've never sang live. It was on my first solo record back in 1977. (laughs) Classic old man joke. I love it. Going back and forth, but I left for real in 1976. Probably ushered out of the door, but no. No, this is a song called I Found a Woman to Play Me Out. I know he said a lot of these things he doesn't play live because he had just screwed around in the studio on so much of the stuff he didn't really know how, how how to recreate it so they must have had to do some work on this one see doesn't that seem like a comically small guitar <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe because the suit is so big I don't know <laughs> it does it almost looks like it's either a small guitar or a huge ukulele. You know what I'm about. Don't refuse me, hear me out. Like that guy on the right, he's just sitting there doing nothing. The violin player, he's waiting for his moment. Well, he should have a moment in this song.
you know, that guy's smiling. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he's not taking it as seriously. Or before the, uh, the other guy was just like, yeah. tense. He was very intense, yeah. <laughs> He's feeling himself on that one. When isn't he feeling himself? Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> and, and more importantly, why wouldn't he be feeling himself? Exactly. different vibe from the album but really cool yeah. oh he almost got a little Elvis snarler <laughs> that'd be great to go to a friggin small club and oh. see him do a whole set like that jeez yeah, it'd be incredible. That's a yeah. Well, one day we'll we'll have to review that whole show and see what the violin player can do. Because so far, uh, the the two picks we've had, we haven't seen seen. Yeah, uh, much so far he's it. just kind of slumped over in that chair, looking uh, looking kind of like. Meh. <laughs> he's like, ah, eh, one day, <laughs> one day I'll get to show them what I'm made of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, so we do have two more for you. This next one is from the album, uh, from one of his solo albums, From Now On. And this one is called Lay My Body Down. This one's a little rough on the old video. Audio's okay, though. Looks like that same 94 performance, huh? Yeah, I don't know why this one's so much poorer in quality, but. Yeah. It looks like it was recorded. It was the 87th thing recorded over on a VHS tape and then left in a basement for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> which may not be inaccurate. And we have some more Glenn Hughes solo albums coming up now that we're kind of into the 90s on the show. His triumphant return. Yeah. 
So maybe these are the... Let's see. Maybe this is one of the few solo album songs of his that I uh, know. Yeah, it's from... Um... You know which album? So, yeah, it's from from now on is the album as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, as, you said that from before. now on. I think there. I did have this CD. Yeah, it's the one where he's like sitting in a chair with a cowboy hat on. Yep. Yeah, I definitely had that one. I didn't have this one, but I do know the song, and I don't know why. I must have heard him do it some other time. But the guitar players on that album, and I'm assuming it's the same two, are er, uh, Thomas Larson and Eric. Uh, Bojfelt? Bo- Boyfelt? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know... Oh, that's what I know it from. See, Eric Lars, they both played on um, Burning Japan Live, that live album from Good News um. that is just freaking amazing. That's why I know this song. I haven't heard that one in a oh, while. Oh, it's so good. And it's another one where he, he does Deep Purple stuff. He does trapeze. He does his solo stuff. He does Hughes Thrall. He throws everything in there. It's just great. And they do a proper this time around, an ode to G. It's mm-hmm. just awesome. It's honestly probably one of the best live albums I've ever heard. Coming from somebody who's not a huge live album fan, but. Although it looks like around that time he was singing a little more straightforward. He almost lost it. (laughs) It sounded like somebody was shaking him. (laughs) That's amazing. But I mean, uh, not that he wasn't throwing in those flourishes, but he seems to be doing more of them like post that. Yeah. Current day, whereas he was, um, he was just kind of like getting through the song more. Yeah, yeah, but uh, nice performance, and I gotta give yeah. that that record another spin. Um, it's a it's a really good one. Um, all right, so that brings us to our final track for this episode of Glenn Hughes Unplugged, and this one is Glenn Hughes doing California Breed, the song Breathe. Oh, this one's probably going to be a little loud. I might need to adjust the volume a little bit so I don't blow everyone's ears out. On Planet Rock here. Now we're into a more modern look for Glenn with its purple glasses. This is from 20... I don't know. <laughs> I think the album was 2013, so I don't know when this performance was. 
It was uploaded in 2014, so it's probably by Planet Rock, so it's got to be from 2014. Mm. the red thumbnail there he's got a black thumbnail and a red thumbnail or maybe it's black I don't know he's playing a uh, guitar there by his company Gibson <laughs> his any Gibson guitars. It's like a pretty nice acoustic though. The California breed to me is very, you know, kind of like our Q's episode where we talked about a lot of his Black Country Communion, California Breed, Dead Daisy stuff, kind of in that same vein of kind of hard rock and Glenn Hughes. But I, I, I never really had this album. I didn't have a lot of his solo albums. They were hard to come by. Like, I mean, mm. not by this era, not so much, but like in the 90s when you were just going to record stores, like you weren't going to find Glenn Hughes solo stuff. Like I had to order Play Me Out even just to get that, but you weren't going to come across in, a, in an average record store a Glenn um, Hughes solo like album. In, like in the mall or... No, and at that point you would have only had a few out like you would have that LA Blues Authority you would have had from now on and maybe one more so I feel like I kind of missed that era I remember my father-in-law is huge into Joe Bonamassa and I found out he was he was starting a band with Joe Bonamassa I was like what Glenn Hughes <laughs> yeah that was that was the most surprising. I, I couldn't believe it because my father-in-law is just a huge Joe Bonamassa fan. So I was like trying to like, hey, we can, you know, we can listen to Black Country Communion. And he's like, nah, it's the only thing Joe Bonamassa did that I don't like. I was like, all right. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, at this point, it is like nothing would surprise me. You'd just be like, hey, look, the new Hughes Clapton is out. <laughs> Hughes like, Clapton. This freaking guy plays with everybody. I mean, he really does. That was really nice. That was pretty nice, good. Nice performance. Yeah, I mean, he even did an album with Joel and Turner. It's like two, two like 
you know, like all-star rock singers together, you'd think there'd be a clash, but hey, makes it happen. Nope. Not at all. So a little taste of Husey. A little taste of Husey. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about um uh, about Glenn Hughes acoustic. If there's anything we missed, if there's anything we need to check out, um, you know, just that's just a dipping our toes a little into what's out there with Glenn Hughes. Um getting a shorter episode in before the tornadoes come. Um, but uh, before we, a couple things before we break up, but I think we should do the, the, the patrons now before we uh, do our little, our little wrap up here. Um, so let's kick it with our patrons. Um, thanking our foundation level patrons coming in at the three pound aromatic fee tier. We have Simon Ford at the $3.33 halfway to evil tier. We have none other than Spike the Rock Cat and Spike's mom. At the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Duncan Leesk, Stuart McCord, Flight of the Rat Bat Blue Light, Ivan Fjeldboo. Runar Siemensen. Oops. JJ. I got a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> JJ Stenard. <laughs> I'm going off the rails here. Ruinous inadequacies. John Maselli. Might be the best one yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't get over that Tony Maselli in his element, <laughs> and of course Michael Boyette at the one dollar seventy one cent. I want my own tier. Tier. Rich Young. At the ten kroner tier, Karsten Lau. At the one pound tier, Lord Longford. At the one dollar made up name tier, we have the unplugged gravesite, Leaky Mausoleum. We have Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, and <coughs> Blackmore Tights. I like how Blackmore Tights just joined the Discord and he made his name Cough Blackmore Tights. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So good. Well, thank you to all of you for your uh, generous support of the Deep Purple podcast. We could not and would not do it without you. Um, So I feel like there's like a, a, um, a, a, a Richie or a rumor out there about Richie that we should probably talk about. Did you, did were you in the discord when we were talking about this? No. So the rumor floating around was, what do you think? Richie Blackmore is going to join deep purple. No, <laughs> of course. Right. So no. it got, it got set out on, on, on social media and 
Um, then it was like, oh, he's going to do it for just a one-off show. I'm like, well, that's more likely, but I still don't think so. I mean, he's not going to play anywhere but other than where he is. I can't imagine this happening. And so all day it was going back and forth and people on social media were like, well, you know where the rumor came from. It was, uh, it was, everyone said it came from Eddie Trunk. So I was like, well, Eddie Trunk's usually right about this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I can't imagine Mm -hmm. Any scenario where this would ever happen, it would, you know, even for a one off show. And it went all day, all day, all day. And then finally, one of the threads talking about it, um, uh, Candace responded and was like some something along the lines. Well, we don't know anything about it in this household. So kind of shutting down the rumor. So I thought it was just there you go. interesting and just kind of I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know why it just keeps why people keep digging this up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, uh, really, I mean, at this point, it's 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 like, why? Why even entertain it? I mean, my that was my first thought when you're like, what do you think of the? I'm like, no, no, there's like there's no way. I mean, it's. I, I don't know. I just think it's it's silly at this point. It is. It's ridiculous. And honestly. Would you rather hear a, a new album with Simon? on guitar or a new album with Richie back in the band. I mean, come on. No, I want a new album with Simon. I of mean, course. you got to like, you got to see these guys live. I mean, there are there are friends that we have Facebook friends that we met um um at the at the the um the Florida shows that are like documenting their time following them around mm-hmm. Japan. Yep. You know, following them around on their on their current tour. I mean, uh, like lifelong diehard Deep Purple fans. I mean, if they weren't relevant or they weren't any good now, then uh, why would people why would people be doing this? I mean, they're they're great the way they are now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just I feel like you you have to you have to be like part of the you you have to see them live. You have to you have to be into it to to understand. You know what I mean? Rather than living that fantasy of. Well, and the fantasy, it's 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 not going to be the reality of it wouldn't live up to what you're you're, you're thinking they're going to get back together and, and make the next perfect strangers, the next machine head. It's just not going to happen. Nobody's mm. going to be happy. The band's not going to be happy. Richie's not going to be happy. And why but would I mean, they even like why would they why would either one of them, either Deep Purple or Richie, want that? And why would you want that as a fan? Like like you have so much of this wealth of material that they created together, Richie in Deep Purple and Mark Two and Mark Three, Mark One. Like just let it go. He's been in Blackboard's Night for twenty seven years, twenty eight years. But I mean, even then, you know, I mean, it's just like what are, what are they going to do for a one off show? Is he going to they going to come back and play everything up to ninety four and then just that's it? <laughs> well, right, yeah. Are yeah. they going to write new material together? Which I don't see that working either. It's, it's no, just what I mean, yeah, no, I think it's, yeah. Anyway, anyway, it was just out there. So I figured it was worth addressing briefly, but, um, before we wrap up, I do have, uh, something to, to, to talk about. And that is I, um, I just got back from St. Louis, went there for a few days, had a great time. I'd never been to St. Louis before, which everyone around here is so surprised because it's really, it's four hours from here. It's really close. Hmm. Um, but we've never been because, you know, I haven't. I've only lived here for uh, going on 10 years now, and we've just never been. We've been all around. But um, so anyway, um, we went to St. Louis and we were looking to go to this Ethiopian place uh, because we really like Ethiopian food. And um, the the first review that I found was this one star review of the of the restaurant. And then I thought and 
so so I have to read it in the voice that I heard this this review read in. Um, so it says one star it says, uh, here it is. Um, <laughs> food is good. We didn't like the Sambusa oil smell was not welcoming. Service is poor, severely understaffed. We had to ask thrice for silverware. <laughs> <laughs> he said thrice. <laughs> Ooh, all right. You know what? That. Yeah, you don't take that guy's word for right. it. Right. So as soon as I saw thrice, I was like, well, this guy is full of crap. So I was like, <laughs> um, uh, I was like, I got it. I actually went to this guy's profile and it's just littered with one star reviews of every Ethiopian Indian restaurant imaginable. Um, wow. So I, I was like, I had to I had to pull up a, a few others. Um, wow. Let's see. Just going through these randomly. Um, there's one. uh I mean, really, the only people that say thrice are assholes and people making fun of assholes. Well, or people in the 1800s. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, in the modern day anyways. So <laughs> thrice. So here we go. Um, deep Indian kitchen. Last night, we arrived at the place at 8.30 p.m. We were told only takeout was going to be offered, so we were happy to order it. There were two employees, one tall chef and other lady wearing glasses. Both of them were very rude. To be specific, the guy asked us not to stare at the food-making process. Not sure why they would leave the kitchen open then. The lady didn't even bother asking if someone was there to pick up food and directly lay it on the table to-go counter. When prompted, we got a cold take in action. I don't know what that means. If the food would have been great, we would have been fine having been eating it at something for four to five years. This is one of our worst meals ever. I bet he says that in every review. Mm. Um, we ended up throwing all the food in the trash right outside. What a uh, shame. It's, it's, it just, it's just endless reviews from this guy. Um, about his about his eating experience um this this other one this place showcases how food can be not served to a person it's it's like he's trying to make these clever quips and he's not even writing it properly every dish i go back to for them has been destroyed at new levels yes this is yellow haldi cream with kofta and paneer i have no idea what dishes these are (laughs) all right so Basically, he just keeps going to these Indian and Ethiopian restaurants to be xenophobic. Well, (laughs) I don't think he likes Indian food. So why does he? (laughs) Why? Why would you keep going back then? I don't know. Like, does he just like to brag on these people or this one he's completing freezing restaurant, poor quality. The main door would not shut and it kept bringing in 14 degree Fahrenheit cold air. (laughs) <laughs> oh fahrenheit yeah he's just specifying in case food spilled everywhere and had the worst time to eat there every experience he has is the worst <laughs> boy it's gonna be um it's gonna be a sad a sad life here, just, uh, here it everything is. being the worst experience he's reviewing an ear nose and throat specialist oh god medical system never fails to disappoint we are paying top rupee for treatment <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I guess this is a place in India, so I guess 
He is uh, okay. Um, so he is being well, accurate there. We're paying top rupee for treatment, but we're being asked to come in early and queue up like traditional 1970s system. We expect better professional system from such a qualified doctor. People have heard out heard it outside like sheep or cows that have come to catch a bus. Does not give a hospital feeling, let alone a professional clinic. Okay, it's, so I'm I'm guessing that he he does not live in the U.S. Well, no, mo the one he was reviewing was a St. Louis restaurant. Most of his oh. reviews are like, he must travel a lot because he's got a couple I can see that are in India, but most of he's got them in Virginia, uh, St. Louis, New York. Here he's reviewing, so let's, he's reviewing, so an, let's he's reviewing an REI. Oh, so another, let's, let's another Ethiopian. Oh no, that was the same one. I was going to say, what is, so what is he just like travel the globe so he could find like Indian restaurants he hates? This, this one, oh, this one's Thai food. One star. Thai, uh, Tali was super inconsistent every visit. So he goes there often. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Insane. <laughs> he goes, he's reviewing a, um, he's reviewing a dog park. One star. No pets here. Super empty. Boring park for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so was that from him other or his people, dog? Other people aren't at a public dog park, and it's their fault. It's everybody's fault that owns a dog. Yeah, it's like an unstaffed dog park where you bring your dog. It's like, ah, there weren't enough people here. My dog was bored. I'm sorry that your dog was <laughs> bored, man. <laughs> I think his dog probably hates being owned by this idiot. Biryani, Biryani City in, in North Bethesda, Maryland. Every time we come here to pick up on their given time, they make us wait inside or outside for 30 to 45 minutes. Very bad judgment of food preparation timing. I like I, all of these places. He frequents so many restaurants that he doesn't like. Mm, well, you know what they say, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results oh here's a place in ottawa canada we uh pure kitchen i don't know what i'm assuming it's uh, something but we took a cab all the way there to figure out it was closed very disappointed should have updated on google like the other place i don't know what the other places he's talking about but yeah i mean you could have also used your phone to call and see <laughs> if they were open <laughs> he's trusted google i've had that happen to me where google is the wrong time but I, well, yeah, I did not I mean, write a one-star review. Yeah, I mean, that's really, whose fault is that, you know? Here's a place in Key West. Better than sex, a dessert restaurant. One star. Only few of the desserts are good. <laughs> Better than sex? I think not. Yeah, he's like, I beg to differ. While I hope to have sex someday and haven't yet, I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's reviewing a target. Oh, we gave Target two stars. Mm, it's always crowded, right. especially the billing counters. Staff does not seem to do anything about it and walk past long queues. Oh, okay. So let's get pissed at a business for being uh, successful. They're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I just that guy popped up, and I when I when I saw the word thrice in in the review, I just had to I had to dig a more? little deeper. Um, that's that's the recap of my St. Louis visit. Was reading. It. Sadly, we did not get to go to the Ethiopian restaurant, and I'm hoping oh, that we'll I think you froze uh, on, get a chance to uh, to go back and, and check it out because we we love good Ethiopian food. All right. Well, thank you, John. Great, great watching some Husey with you, and uh, we'll yeah, see you again next week always. for another exciting episode. Yep. From uh, from 
Tornado Suburbs and Providence. These are your hosts, uh, Booger and <laughs> and I don't know, Stormy. Uh, Stormy, yeah. It was assuming Stormy yeah, and Booger. A, a Stormy and Booger. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a, a morning zoo. Hey, Stormy and Boogie. <laughs> we need some honking noises. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, hope, assuming that DPP Studio survives the impending uh, tornadoes, we'll be back at you next week. Oh, boy. Let's hope. All right. Later, my friend. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. There was so much other stuff too, like tapping and sniffing and belching. And I was like, holy shit, what's how much is he using the switch? More than I thought. Fucking constantly. <laughs> and from the Lambda Moo team, Dudley Dawson. Booger. 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 <laughs>